0: Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Press Coverage, part of the Going for Two live network. On this episode, I am joined today by Bobby J. Alday. How are you doing, Bobby?
1: <laughs> Good. How are you doing, Kyle? Thanks for having me on this
0: yeah uh fantastic uh doing great and uh yeah i think uh the shirt says it all uh i know uh we were division mates last year in the scott fishbowl letter division so uh happy to rekindle that and then talk about some things that were potentially discussed last year but uh, <laughs> happy to see you doing well
1: yes, sir pitter patter let's get
0: at her <laughs> yeah right. might as well start the episode and let's let's get at her right away with the uh the sponsor, the advertisement. Let's get this out of the way first, and that way, uh, yeah, chore in first, and then you can relax later. But uh, uh, it's, I guess, not a big chore to draft on uh, underdog fantasy, whether it's best ball drafting or making uh, picks for specific games or players uh, for various sports. But uh, all this available on the uh, underdog fantasy app. So uh, download today, and if you join uh, for the first time, and you and you can use our promo code or our QR code. if You can scan on, on screen, but use the promo code GF2. Again, this is for first-time depositors. Uh, they will match up to $100, whatever you put in, in that initial deposit. So if you max out and put in the, the full $100, they'll, you'll have $200 in your account to join best ball leagues or, again, uh, play uh, various contests for various sports. Uh, I guess baseball right now, there, there's probably tons of you know player stats game stats uh, various things you can do and then eventually we'll get to the nfl season and <laughs> even more contests available but yeah join underdog today again use the promo code gf2 scan that qr code but uh yeah uh, it's uh i guess uh fantasy sports a big uh, part of uh all of our our lives right yeah um and i guess you know before we even get to fantasy we talk about sports so bobby first question uh, and we'll pitter patter get at it right away but uh, for you is <laughs> What are your first sports memories? Well,
1: for me, it's, for playing, it's probably Little League Baseball, and, you know, like, uh, or Little League Football too. Um, And that was really where, like, you start competing with the people around you, and I'm like, okay, you know, you start learning the sports, played a lot of soccer growing up as well. Um, And then the first sports memories I remember like watching is probably watching like NFL or college football. I grew up in Indiana, so um, about 15 minutes away from Notre Dame. So Notre Dame football on Saturdays. Um, NFL is usually watching the Bears or the Colts. Uh, my Little League football coach was a Vikings fan, though. So I grew up a Vikings fan in Bears country. Uh, so that was, that was always fun, that rivalry. and uh, You know, we won a lot more than we lost,
0: so it was cool okay that's that's hilarious because uh first off we've got uh, someone joining us uh and again uh, the they going for two network available on youtube facebook twitch so if you join any of those three platforms you can comment and interact kind of like gerson aguirre is doing here now i also host another show on the going for two live network called the dynasty gamut and gerson was my previous guest uh i guess a week and a half ago and it's funny that uh the this week we're having another dynasty gamut on thursday thursday night at uh, 8 pm our guest will be zach pulowski he also lives in Chicago, but he's a Packers fan, so it's the, it's it's yeah, kind of very similar situation to you. So, oh. yes, I would say I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> mostly because the Vikings have yet to win a Super Bowl. So,
1: I'll just keep on waiting.
0: Uh, okay, well, well, we won't wait too long to get to the next question. But yes, that uh, a famous fantasy question. So, yeah. when did you first start getting into fantasy sports?
1: So, with this question, I. I went and had to look back and see, cause I, I was like, I, I don't know. Like, and it ended up being in 2009, which would have been my senior year of high school. And I had a, a trio of buddies. There's a four man league. Everybody's team was stacked. And, uh, I, I looked and I went into the playoffs as the number one seed and got upset and ended up finishing fourth in the league. Uh, Peyton Manning and Tony Romo, uh, which just looking back that was just it was wild i didn't I couldn't even remember half the players I had on that team and you know nowadays it's we're so informed and so on top of it i could you know i i know third string wide receivers on teams that I shouldn't know you know
0: hey, it's funny i guess are you in any more four team leagues or is that was that a unique experience
1: <laughs> I have a few that are still like smaller, probably more eight i think i have a one that's an eight man um, but most are 10, 12 or more. Like it's that four man is a different breed. Like,
0: yeah. And, uh, I mean, it, it, you know, this is the third season of press coverage and we decided to do things a little differently this year. I guess we, I, I decided I, this is all <laughs> not my decisions. I'm in full control here. Thanks Chef, for the network though. Uh, but, um, yeah, I decided, uh, you know, a couple of the guests I wanted happened to be teachers and then I kept kind of going down the list. Well, how far can I take that? And I've decided anyone who's kind of in the teaching or in your case, like as well, the coaching profession I wanted to bring on. So when did you first get the inclination that you wanted to either teach or coach? Really?
1: When I graduated high school, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. Uh, Math was easy to me. So I was like, you know, I could, I could do that. And uh, I knew I wanted to help the next generation and be a positive influence. And, you know, these kids lives as they, as they go through school, you know, for school, some for me it was a blast. I love school, love being a part of it. But I know there's a ton of kids out there that that hate, and you know, not necessarily hate, but they struggle with school, and they, you know, or they're struggling at home, and school's their only safe spot. And um, being a teacher, you you have a an avenue of influence to help kids get through some dark times and through dark things in their lives, and um, so I figured math and teaching you know I could I could do that Uh, and then the coaching just kind of came along with it when I was about time I was graduating or right after I graduated I started helping coach Little League and uh, baseball and had a ton of great coaches in my life so uh, really I just it was like the cherry on top of teaching you know it's the schedule works perfectly to coach and uh, so it just kind of all went hand in hand and about a few years ago, uh, with the school I'm at now, um, had the opportunity to start coaching. And I started with, uh, coaching softball and in Florida softball is so hot. Uh, <laughs> a lot of sweaty nights. Uh, and, and that was fun. Uh, I was not very good at that. I learned that the hard way. Um, but the transition to basketball—it's inside. There's air conditioning. It's great, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, been able to win a lot more games in basketball than than softball.
0: You found your calling. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Jamie, the Cleveland connoisseur, found his calling by letting us know in the chat. Uh, he's dropping in to say hi. Can't stay for long, but he'll watch in the, in the replay. In the replay, and I encourage anyone who is watching the replay uh, to comment underneath the video. That really does help us out with the algorithm. Like. Subscribe, of course, to the Going For Two YouTube channel, Going For Two live YouTube channel, I should say. But I, And I suppose you're talking about like positive influences. For some kids, like sports at school are sometimes the only positive experiences they get. So it, it kind of is a natural transition with that being your primary goal with teaching is to, to be that positive role model. How many opportunities you can do that within a you know, sports and have kids be really receptive to it? No, it's... It's a
1: huge avenue to just, to, like I said, to influence and just create an environment for these kids to have fun, safe, you know, or just positivity, you know, just have someone encourage them in their lives.
0: So you said a key word being influence, and I'm just going to skip ahead on the show sheet to the the question of who have been the biggest influences during your life so far? So for, for me...
1: Uh, Growing up when I, when I hit high school, my, my parents split and my biggest influence in that, in that time was, was my dad and still is, um, just how hard he's worked. And, um, he always just dropped good nuggets in my life and, you know, kept pushing me and reinforced, Hey, you can do this. You got this. Uh, and then also, uh, growing up, I, I went to church a lot, youth group. And, um, so a lot of, you know, my youth pastor growing up, uh, even as an adult, you know my. Before I was a teacher, I was a youth pastor, and you know having pastoral influences in my life, and some of my best friends are, are pastors that have, mentored and influenced and walked me through a lot of things in life, uh, to get to where I am now, and uh, so I'd say probably both the, my dad and uh, a couple of the pastors in my life.
0: Those. You know, you mentioned like during your teenage years, especially you drew back to like, oh, those yeah. formative years. Like we develop people influences during those eras do, do seem to have such a huge impact on our lives. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, uh, yeah. How, what kind of impact has the fantasy football community had on you? I think
1: so last year was my first year in Scottfish and that really opened up uh, the realm of like all these people in fantasy that uh you know, once you get into one of those lists or into one of those draft slots or even in a division and you start the group chat, um, the follows just come crazy and it's like left and right and uh, so start following back, you know, and um, it's been really cool to see so much positivity from a, a, a league like Scott Fishbowl and, you know, the donations and being able to give back to communities and... Um, I've seen a lot of people, you know, through hard times, find a lot of positive and good things through fantasy football, and even for me, like some of my best friends, you know, our biggest bond is fantasy football or just fantasy sports in general. Um, and even even if they beat me or I beat them, it's you know, it's still that that bond of like, okay, we can we can still talk it out the next week because we don't play each other every week, so. <laughs> And, you know you get that reset
0: yeah okay i can't strategize with you this week but <laughs> yeah. reconvene in the following yeah. uh but yeah it, so you know we were talking so much about like wanting to be a positive influence i suppose you know the scott fishbowl what it does for from a donation standpoint to, to charity and fantasy cares but also how it brings the community together i suppose natural fit right there
1: yeah it's uh, it's so incredible how
0: and even just sitting back, I, I don't interact
1: a ton on Twitter and stuff, but just seeing how people are interacting, and you don't see a lot of negative when it comes to the fantasy football in this realm. Obviously, if you have a hot take, you know, or, you know, you like someone, someone else doesn't, uh, that changes, you know, there's going to be a little pushback, but for the, for the most part, it's pretty, pretty positive.
0: I guess uh, just talking about the fantasy football community, can you draw any parallels between your experiences teaching or coaching and also your time in this fantasy football community, which I guess is pretty short relative, just just the last year. But uh, any any parallels that you can draw? I think
1: really for me, I mean, my students could probably tell you when I'm having a bad fantasy week. uh, But, (laughs) you know. Grades is harder that week for some reason. (laughs) There's a lot more pop quizzes and tests that week. Uh, for me, it's, it's nice to have that reset of fantasy, but uh, also it parallels into, into coaching, you know, playing fantasy. I mean, I play every fantasy out there. I, I, the one I just started getting into was fantasy hockey. I know nothing about hockey, uh, but I'm willing to try. And uh, my team, I decided to pick a team. And it was the Seattle Kraken since it was their first year and my first year watching hockey. I was like, "Why not?" So I learned a lot about Maddie Beniers last year and uh, <laughs> their playoff run. And but uh, for in the basketball aspect for coaching and then also fantasy it's a connection with my students as well. Um, you know, the kids that love sports and watch sports, I'm able to spit out facts and numbers and stay on top of it with them. That way, you know. Uh, I'm not just a guy that goes, oh yeah, you know, LeBron James, he's cool. Uh, But I'm able to sit there and talk to him about, you know, well, what about Austin Reeves over there, you know, hitting his threes and percentages and uh, being able to pick at some of these small players and uh, really help correlate their game and coaching wise to an actual NBA player that not might, that might not be a top guy. Uh, and so it kinda intertwines that way. Um, as far as teaching, it doesn't really correlate too close. It's more just helping with relational and you know, um our our school we do a fantasy football league together, so it's even, you know, that relational aspect of between the teachers and uh, you know, we get a trash talk a little bit. And sometimes students will be like, All right, did you beat so and so? And um, you know, it's it just adds another level to it, you know
0: yeah you, you teach uh, students can't see teachers fist fighting or anything it's not like the x-men school <laughs> but like like you know that this is at least the, the healthy competition that they're allowed to to see
1: exactly exactly it keeps it you know we keep it safe
0: uh so yeah so i guess uh yeah my next question was going to be like because you had specified fantasy sports i guess that implied okay he was playing you know not just fantasy football but you mentioned fantasy hockey i'm, I'm guessing basketball baseball are the two like really common ones yep. as well any fantasy soccer
1: no, I, I tried something a few years ago with the Premier League because I, uh, because of FIFA, I decided I like Liverpool, um, so I follow follow them occasionally. You know, with Mo Salah and uh, a lot of the letdowns the last few years in the big games. But I, uh, I, I've thought about it, and I, I mean, I mean, I know most of the the big names, but I. I feel like I would just be a wreck in that league. You know, hockey. Hockey was a big enough jump for me. <laughs> Baseball, yeah. basketball were 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 simple enough to jump into. But uh, maybe in a few years, once I get the hockey world under under wraps a little bit, I'll jump into some soccer.
0: Yeah, that's a fast sport. So to get up to speed on that sport, on hockey, is is pretty difficult. <laughs> it might it might be a while. Uh, so no fantasy curling. I'm guessing.
1: <laughs> no, not this year. I I missed a cut. You know, ESPN didn't have it out fast enough.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to develop that a little quicker. <laughs> yeah. such, a, such a Canadian Letterkenny thing to say.
1: We can we can. Letterkenny is not a real
0: place, but if if, <laughs> if if Letterkenny was a real place, I assume they would have a curling club. Yeah. they would they
1: would run a fantasy curling club too,
0: a league. Uh Uh-huh. Well, yes. Uh, So we'll get into uh, a bit more Letterkenny specific a little later, but uh, what are your favorite hobbies outside of sports?
1: Uh, I love, I mean, obviously fantasy sports. Um, I play basketball occasionally, you know, help get out, run around a little bit. Um, I read, uh, play video games, uh, a lot of, as much family time as I can. Most of my family lives up in Indiana, so um, like we were talking before, I just got back from a trip up there. And, uh,
0: I guess that makes uh, sense with know the you know territory Colts games, bears games. Nope. It's and
1: So I, I tend to plan those trips in the summer because I am not a fan of the snow. As at least driving in the snow, it it looks yeah. great, but, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, you know, like just driving in it is a whole different ball, uh, ball game. So, uh, really just. Family time. I love coffee shops, uh, you know, just hanging out. You know, I'm a pretty simple guy.
0: And yes, Jamie, we did miss you. We uh, did because because you asked such great questions like this one. Uh, and I, I, I and Jamie watches enough to know I don't mm-hmm. usually cover video games as part of the high five. So, uh, what's your favorite video games to play, Bobby?
1: Right now, I uh, I just really started diving into Hogwarts Legacy, and uh, which is it's incredible if you're a Harry Potter fan or just like video games in general it's it's beautiful game it's well done um you could say uh, it's a magical experience it's very magical you know it's (laughs) made me feel like i'm a wizard uh that one and then uh one of the bigger games that kind of it got hated on pretty pretty hard was cyberpunk uh 2077 and i i waited for all the bugs to get fixed out of it but once i jumped in that game was incredible as well and uh, but other than that, it's mostly sports games. MLB The Show is definitely the best sports game right now, uh, just with everything you can do in it. And I was actually playing that earlier today before hopping on here.
0: Yeah, I get your sports uh, chops uh, you know, uh, warmed up. <laughs> exactly. And get a little Ken uh, Griffey Junior. bombs in. I <laughs> uh, wonder when Ken Griffey the Third will be. Uh... <laughs> that would be incredible. That's That'll be the, if you play in Debbie Baseball Leagues, that'll be the one where it's like Arch Manning, let's get him while he's still in high school, gotta draft him then. <laughs> Just see the last name and run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's funny, because uh, my buddy Dylan, he plays Cyberpunk 2047, he absolutely loved it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it gets, gets hated on, but seemingly, uh, I've, I've watched him play it a few times, it does seem enjoyable.
1: It was cool, it was a really cool storyline
0: uh jamie's still playing tommy lasorda on genesis i I don't even know what that is i don't know what any of that means so if
1: he if he's talking about a sega genesis that was the first system i think i ever played on and i don't know what tommy lasorda is but i know what sega genesis is
0: (laughs) yeah so uh uh i guess it's the genesis of video games right Or, or at least home home system video games i suppose Hopefully he'll fill us in what it what he's talking about. Yeah, Tommy Lasorda. Sort us out there, Jamie. <laughs> uh so I guess uh last question before we uh dive back into the fantasy questions is uh Bobby, what's one thing that the fantasy football community doesn't know about you that you're willing to share with us? Everyone likes to have their deep dark secrets, <laughs> I
1: mean probably a lot since I I mean I don't interact a ton with AI. Uh, so I kind of thinking about this is not a ton of personal stuff about, I'm like I said, I'm pretty, pretty relaxed, chill guy. Uh, as far as I just hang out a lot. Um, but like in a fantasy aspect, I love going tight end early. I am a huge Mark Andrews fan. Uh, Oklahoma my college team. Um, and so I have reached and gone out of my way to make sure I've had Mark Andrews in as many leagues
0: as possible, uh, and I, I, most years that's a good thing though like it's, it's tough <laughs> yes, to reach it, too high and, and not and not be disappointed so it has been the, seeing him questionable
1: every week kind of sucks but <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got
0: our answer yeah tommy lasorda is a baseball game all right wow um, so it's a sports game so it counts as a, as a fun <laughs> one apparently <laughs> but i guess you'd need <laughs> a sega genesis to play it <laughs> do they mod it for pc or any modern day game systems Ooh. They have to. They have to. I mean, if it's good enough, right? Then, yeah. I mean, baseball heads, they love their old classic stuff, right? Yep. So of course, they love <laughs> their old classic video games.
1: Anything to collect.
0: I oh, yeah. But transitioning from Mark Andrews to talk about fantasy football. And uh, Bobby, what's your preferred league format? So for me, I love – so I have
1: I, – I'm always – have to be careful not jumping into so many leagues every year. Uh, I've been, been really good. Uh, I'm sure you understand the, the struggle, yeah. of, it's that's so the discipline
0: in itself, <laughs>
1: exactly. Um, but I started up a, a dynasty super flex league with some buddies a few years ago, and that has been one of my all time favorite. Uh, just the dynasty, dynasty aspect of it, um, you know, learning these young guys, we do you know, doing the rookie draft instead of a huge long draft every year, and then uh. The Superflex. I mean, I got lucky. I ended up having Jalen Hurts, and uh, I traded Lamar after his MVP year for the one hundred and one and the rookie, and ended up with Trevor Lawrence, and uh, rode the wave the first year with the Urban, and uh, it's it's paid off since. Uh, you know, had some good good years since. Uh, it's one of those though. It's it's super competitive. I I've been the one seed probably three years, two or three years, and I've been upset every single year. It is these these little seven and seven teams just sneak up and have a have a hot week when they play me. I guess.
0: Yeah, no that that's that always hurts. It, that hurts a lot when it happens in the final too. Oh yeah, I'm like the one or two seed, the six seed. Just oh man, what my luck that that the six seed <laughs> team make it. This is easy. Nope.
1: Start looking, you think you got an easy matchup. And, you know,
0: I remember a few years ago,
1: probably about it was almost 10 years ago, The Matt Asiata coming off in the playoffs for like four touchdowns and dropping 30 points. Back, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And my my little brother ended up beating me in a championship because of that. That was awful.
0: It's funny how he was like, because, you know, when Peterson got hurt that year, I remember like everyone thought it would be Jerk McKinnon, the guy. Yep. And then Asiata just, altered all his touchdowns away and then last year we get you know Clyde edwards his rebound or even Pacheco coming through and oh who yep. gets 10 touchdowns but Jarek McKinnon so he finally got the last <laughs> laugh in the Super Bowl
1: too exactly i don't own a share of him anymore <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> well i don't think anyone has any mad ass no, shares no. anymore either <laughs>
1: i'm pretty sure he left like a year after that and...
0: yeah he kind of disappeared into obscurity and and oh. got a, a nice contract from the 49ers so. yeah it's funny how it we would have thought okay yeah asiata he'll he'll be like the after that season he'll he'll be the the heir to the throne for peterson I'm pretty sure he was out of the league quicker than peterson was <laughs> oh, they drafted dalvin and it was like oh <laughs> yeah they racing everything um <laughs> So uh, what is one rule in fantasy that you feel like you have to have in every league? PPR. If
1: it, <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a good one.
1: <laughs> if it's standard, I am a mess. Like I'm trying to uh, like, you know, I'm sitting there trying to figure out, okay, who's getting the yards, who's getting the touchdowns. Cause the, the PPR is just, it saves so many guys for, you know, just the amount of catches and targets they can get uh, or uh super flex, either one of those.
0: Preferably both, to be honest. Yep, yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for sure. No, great. Yeah, especially in the dynasty formats. So that's, uh, yeah. Have all the fun. All right, so now we'll get to the uh, your all-time favorite fantasy QB1, RB1, wide receiver 1, and tight end 1. You may have already revealed that, or may not. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll leave some suspense for the listeners and viewers, but uh, go ahead, Bobby.
1: Uh, So for me, quarterbacks probably... Uh, Peyton Manning, um, just because of how... And I've tried to pick guys that I've I've actually used and uh, drafted. Um, But Peyton Manning, some of those seasons were just incredible, you know. Uh, But recently, I would say I'm a big... like I like a high floor more than I like that high ceiling guy. So uh, I'm a big... You know, obviously as a Vikings fan, I love Kirk Cousins and fantasy. Um, mainly because I, I know he's probably not going to get lower than a top 15, but he's, you know, he's not going to get higher than a top 10. So he sits in that little sweet spot of, you know, if I go and reach for like last year in, in Scottfish, my, my first pick was Kyler Murray. Um, and then he goes down and I'm over here scrambling, trying to find another guy uh, with Kirk. He plays every game. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to lose you many games. He's probably not going to win you a lot of games, but
0: he's a fun yeah, guy. You know, in a single quarterback league, you can wait so long to get it that you can just stack every other position. Mm-hmm.
1: And in a super flex, he's like a perfect
0: QB2 to draft. I yeah, he just,
1: he's safe. You know, it, <laughs> I don't know if you watched that quarterback show on Netflix, but I haven't yet. But uh, oh, yeah, like he's talking about it. So he's going to win you right over. the little dad outfits and, uh, <laughs> the dang
0: you see I, my wife doesn't really watch football but she does enjoy like watching you know the documentaries or things surrounding Ooh. it or like the kelsey Brothers show uh you <laughs> can get her to watch uh cfl games sometimes oh we we, we do have a question from jamie fantasy related to quarterback so it, it is on point here Ooh. would you rather have russ over cousins we could take this both from a dynasty lens and a, a redraft lens but they're both old enough to the point where whoever you think is the better season might be the better guy in dynasty anyway. But how do you have and it? I think I would look at it as
1: that, that last year of Russ is a very bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. So it's, can Sean Payton get him on the right path? And if so, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I would probably go cousins cause I know, you know, where he's at, but, uh, I think Russ has the higher ceiling with Judy and uh, Sutton and you know, Marvin Mims, the rookie coming in, uh, Tim Patrick is, you know, they're saying is this the best receiver in the room. I don't believe that, but <laughs> they're saying he's that. done
0: that in the past, to be honest. But but if he's the best receiver in the room, maybe that's just saying how much of a disappointment all the other guys are, right? That's Yo. more of an indictment on them than a compliment for Tim Patrick <laughs> coming off of the torn ACL. So, uh, to be honest, I look at the Vikings weapons, Jefferson and Hawkinson and like potentially Jordan Addison, like I I might rather have any of those three over any of the Broncos weapons. So I I think I'm pretty easily Kirk over Russ in any yeah. format just uh mean that tied to that Viking get, tied to Justin Jefferson, right? Like that that's kind yeah, of a, a, exactly. a, a true difference maker, so uh yeah, I will I'll go Cousins even though I'm a Packers fan, so. The uh. helmet so no, uh, no love lost there, of course. <laughs> um, it, it's funny how Peyton Manning seems to be like an answer that's constantly brought up. And I I'm, and I'm, I'm realized, I think I've kind of pinpointed why there's so many people who have had him as a Colt with tons of success. But I guess there's also, we've seen like, as you started playing in 2009. So, you know, yeah. when you played Fantasy, you probably had maybe guess, two seasons with him on the Colts. But for the most of the time playing Fantasy, that's a lot more seasons on the Broncos. Yep. And there's such, the, the fifty plus touchdown season as well with the Broncos yep. so fans of kind of either era fantasy managers of either era can have these like good moments with Manning that would make him worthy of being on the
1: list. Yeah. He, that, <laughs> I mean, and I think about too growing up, like Tom Brady is the goat with all the championships, but I don't know of anybody that didn't like Peyton Manning. You know, he was one of those guys. that just, everybody kind of liked and I, it just was—he is was an easy guy to like, so it was easy plug.
0: Seems like that the, the appeal with the the Monday Night Show, right? That's kind of why they wanted such a likable character. Okay, let's just, just be in your living room and talk. Like everyone likes you <laughs> enough that it doesn't matter what really what you say. You'll be successful. You know, <laughs> Eli's gonna say something dumb at some point. <laughs> Of course, uh, just you know, like he'll throw a dumb interception and <laughs> whatever time, right? Like it's he talks the way he played, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Good enough to win two Super Bowls. Good enough to be on this show on, on ESPN. <laughs> but yeah, uh, who's good enough to be your RB one all time in fantasy?
1: So this one,
0: I never had him, but uh, I
1: I wish I could Ladainian Tomlinson. Uh just, I mean by heart I'd probably go Peterson. More than likely if I was playing in a league, I had him. Um as long as he was healthy. Uh but Ladanian Tomlinson, uh I even put uh Matt Asiata uh and actually uh Alvin Kamara with his big game against the Vikings a f- couple years ago. A game. Yep, that won me a championship league. So um those were two just
0: extra add-ins on that well and it's funny because yeah i think about that math mass- as he had a season and really could say that season because it really was only one time but the year after peterson led the league in rushing uh 2015 so came back and was good to go so even it you know it's not just that 2000 yard rushing season like he put up several times through his career like man um and to a certain extent tomlinson did that too right because like jamie's saying here tomlinson was his first ever draft pick in 2004 and won the championship and that's not even his 32-touchdown wow. season or 31-touchdown season, whatever it was, in 2006. And, like, t- outside of that season, Tomlinson still had these, like, RB1 week-winning seasons multiple times through the, the mid-2000s. So it's a-, a crazy run.
1: Could you to imagine,
0: a, like, Austin Eckler out there with
1: 32 touchdowns? That would be insane.
0: Like, yeah. I mean, how, I mean, 20? I mean, he's gotten to – he's think gotten to 20 but like that's uh like last year i think he had 17 18 that's like double that and and he was he was really good he was the rb1 so yeah, yeah just crazy almost unfair 32 would be nuts well this is unfair choosing between tomlinson or priest holmes especially at that time too that's the man, man. What, a, what a great time for running back sorry <laughs> the rest sorry <laughs> the rest of you getting screwed over nowadays no one wants to run the football
1: this, you know, they should have probably been on that Zoom meeting
0: last week and uh, talked them through it. You know, <laughs> uh, I guess we'll pass over to the the passing game and uh, we'll talk about uh, who's your all time wide receiver one in fantasy.
1: Um, I think of Antonio Brown, those Steelers years. Um, but for me, it's uh, it's obviously Justin Jefferson. Uh, okay. uh, but I also I'm a I am love Ceedee Lamb as well. You know, Oklahoma guy. Um, and he's, he's just solid, you know, he's one of those, I, I'm excited to see what he does this year. I'm hoping he hits the ceiling. A
0: lot of people think he will. Yeah, for sure. All, all great receivers. Um, and we'll see if Jefferson can pull an Antonio Brown and not the, in a bad way, but in a good way and repeat <laughs> yeah. as wide receiver one overall. Cause, uh, yeah. I think before Brown did it 14, 15, I think. And yep. I think before then it was Jerry Rice. So it's been, it, you know, it, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while for someone to do that. Maybe, maybe I think he might be talented enough. Well, of course, the Cleveland connoisseur would say boost. <laughs> <laughs> still yeah,
1: it's okay.
0: Uh, All time fantasy tight end one for you, Bobby. Uh,
1: if thinking of the past, probably Gronk, uh, just the, the runs he had in 11 and 14, and then uh, currently Mark Andrews. I uh, Kelsey, I feel like is a safe answer, but I, you know. Mark mark's incredible man managers
0: well and so some of those years like i think of lamar jackson's mvp season like he was he was almost undrafted in some leagues like he was such a value and turned out to like a top five tight end season out of nowhere and i mean you got great value on lamar that season too yep. but uh i'm pretty sure the player i've won the most championships with is mark andrews so he would probably be my answer for that just because it's yeah. like because he comes at such a value, you're able to build a strong team and help you win around him. I remember I, yeah. I took him in, in, a, in a startup draft, and I still have him in that dynasty league. It's a tight end premium. We've been ahead of our time back in, I guess, 2018. Okay. I guess it would have been 2019. Yeah, and yeah. Because he had, you know, second season, he, you know, he did out so so as a rookie didn't have that massive breakout. And I think I got him in like, 13th round of the startup. And I even remember looking back after the fact, it's like, it's almost stupid that I let him fall that far. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I should have taken him like three rounds before, let alone everyone else should have. But yeah, yep. was, uh, great value on Andrews to just help win so many titles. Uh, JB saying Tony Gonzalez, another one of those elite tight ends. You mentioned Gronk, you mentioned Kelsey, and yeah, yeah. true difference maker Gonzalez. And that, I guess that was part oh, of his, uh, his Ladavian Tomlinson team. So <laughs> get drafted in, in 2004, <laughs> Jamie. You knew what he was doing. No wonder why nobody beat him. Well, we go from 2004 to five, the high five section, or well, I guess our second last section of the show. We'll, we'll do a little bonus section at the end, but uh, we'll start here. Rocking right off the bat with your top five favorite artists or bands.
1: All right. This is a wild list. So uh, buckle up. I, so I, it's not really a five, four, three, two, or one. It's just, I'm just going to say all five and they're kind of on the same tier. Uh First one for me is, uh, country artist Zach Bryan. Um, he's killing it out there. Uh, I saw him on, uh, TikTok a couple years ago and within like the next six months, that dude was blowing up and he was all over everywhere doing all the shows. And, uh, he's been, I, I enjoy his music. Uh, then go to blink One Eighty Two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the next one would be NF who's a rapper. Um, and then Lil Wayne, uh, Lil Wayne, when I was in high school, was just the dude. He was on everybody's song, you, you know. It was just you couldn't go anywhere without hearing him. And then uh, the top one for me is uh, "Judah and the Lion," which is kind of like a kind of like a folk pop country. Like they got a little bit of everything in them, and it's they got a banjo, but they also have a lot of you know beats with it. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I saw them live a couple of years ago. They opened for Incubus, and that was, that was a fantastic show. And,
1: and yeah, they were great. It's, I mean, So you understand. It's, it's hard to kind of put them in a...
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, folk hop.
1: Hip-hop mm-hmm. folk.
0: Folk hop, I think. Yeah. That would be the, probably the easiest yep. way to say it, but yeah. Yep. For sure, yeah, Jude and the Lion's great. Yeah, I love that concert. That whole, I mean, it was, it was Jude and the Lion, then Jimmy Eat World, then Incubus, so it was just three fantastic acts. It was great. That would have been a fun one. Yeah, was <laughs> awesome. it was 2018, 19, 19, I think. Yeah, that was uh, super fun. Um, And then, okay, yeah, and you mentioned you, you did like to read as one of your hobbies, so I <laughs> should have a lot of good answers here. Open the book up on your top five favorite books. So th- this one was a little hard
1: because um, I I get stuck and I read the whole series. Like once I get into a series, I'm going to end up reading the whole thing. Uh, so I have a couple that are more series um, one for me is uh, Six of Crows which is in the Grishaverse mm-hmm. series um, it's also called she has another set called Shadow and Bone uh, Lee Bardugo and uh, yeah. it's actually a Netflix show called Shadow and Bone um, which I feel like they did a really good job of taking it from the books and putting it in a show uh, but that was one of the ones that kind of got me back into reading uh, next one would be Ready Player One uh, with Ernest Klein, just an incredible book. It's when I remember when Harry Potter came out and everybody said, "Oh, the books are so much better than movies." And um, I didn't believe them. I I quit reading Harry Potter after the first one because I liked the movies so much. So I was like I didn't want to mess it up. Uh, but that book is definitely so much better than movies, and it's got you know if you're a fan of '80s his you know anything '80s pop culture. It touches on all that. It's pretty cool. Then um, we got uh, Spell Slinger series, which is um, Sebastian de Castell, and it's a it's a six book series, and it's it's quick, it's fast, it's witty. It's a uh, kind of set up in this fantasy world. Um, it, it that one's incredible. Uh, the one I just read not too long ago is called The Cuckoo's Calling, and it's written by. Uh, artist or artist uh author named robert Gale gail um which i found out after like about two-thirds of the way through the book it's a pseudonym for uh jk rowling um she wanted to write in a different realm and it's it's about a guy named cormoran strike and he's a detective and um, trying to solve this this murder and uh which i was i was stunned that she had wrote it because you know there's no magic in it it's just regular world. Uh and that was a is a good book. Um and then the last one is The Mamba Mentality, How I Play by Kobe Bryant. And it's uh it's one I had put in an Amazon cart and then it was about twenty, twenty five bucks and when, when he passed away the in that plane accident the the price almost quadrupled. And so I had to wait and I, I waited for about another year after he passed before I finally got it. And it's one that it sits in my classroom and it's got a ton of pictures with stories in each of those for each picture on like that season of his life or that season of that season. Um, you know, talks about when he was hurt, when he tore his Achilles, how he mentally stayed locked in and um, when he came into the league, how he felt like he had to dominate. And, um, you know, I'm big Kobe fan. Uh, him you know, he's I know I'm not right, but he's my goat uh for basketball and uh he's just just the way he attacked the game is is as a basketball coach, it's you know what you ask some of your players to do. Uh so those those are my top five books.
0: I'm not gonna hate on anyone who has five championship rings as, as a potential goat yeah. candidate. So exactly. I, I I talk about Will Chamberlain being the goat potentially and he only has one championship so that's a good point. Who's Who's the Celtic with with eleven or twelve? Who's um, Bill Russell? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All you do, all you do is win, win, baby, right? Um, mm-hmm. So a couple comments from, uh, from Jeannie. First off, I'll wait, to, wait till uh, the Harry Potter TV show. Apparently, they're going to include all the stuff they didn't bring from the books to the movie. So but I don't I guess, have to read them. Well, because I, I haven't read all the books either, but I have read some, and like Deathly Hallows. I think part of the point of splitting the movie into two is because there's really in that the entire book, there's really no scene you can leave out. So I think that was an example of one that there's not really much. I don't remember anything from the book that wasn't in the movies, but there might be the case for other. Some of those books are pretty massive, and then yeah, yeah. We condense it to a two-hour movie. Okay, yeah. Um, Jamie, of course, just a big fan of doctors. Would <laughs> be the famed Doctor Seuss and his book Green Eggs and Ham, or Go Dog Go. Go, Jamie, go. That's good. That, that's, that <laughs> seems really sport-like. Um, also, apparently, Jamie saw NF Live in the front row a couple Ooh. years ago.
1: NF Live is incredible. I went and saw him in a ballroom in Indianapolis, and I thought we were going to break the floor because he has you hopping the whole time.
0: <laughs> hip-hop, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Folk-hop, hip-hop, doesn't matter. Just, yeah. just jump. Just give me some kind of hop. All right, hopping over to uh, top five favorite movies. All right. So for
1: this I realized I I know I like some of these newer movies, but I didn't really have many on here. So I I threw Ant-Man Quanta, Quantumania on there just cuz I enjoyed it. You know, it was I, I I enjoy most of the Marvel movies. I'm not a big comic book guy, so I, I don't compare it to anything. It, but to me, they have just they're just enjoyable movies. They tell a good story. Um so that one was was on there but uh A Knight's Tale is one of my all-time favorites. Um just a and guy the, comes, almost a
0: forgotten Heath Ledger movie. Yes. Compared to all his other roles that are so iconic. And,
1: and that's honestly that's where he became one of my favorite actors and then uh, unfortunately passed but uh, Drumline with Nick Cannon incredible uh Coach Carter had to throw a coach movie in there.
0: I was wondering, I mean, even yeah. drum line, like, you know, you know it's not coaching, but teaching music to the yep. students and stuff can apply. But yeah, Coach Carter, it makes sense. Basketball coach, too. So. Yep.
1: That was good. Uh, and Rush Hour 2, I remember coming home from school when I was younger, which, uh, and, and sitting there doing my homework because I was a good kid and throwing Rush Hour 2 on and just watching it almost every day. And my dad, my dad'd be like, why are you watching that again? I'm like, "I, it's so funny. Like, Jackie Chan is just the he was awesome. Like, yeah. Jackie Chan was pretty incredible.
0: <laughs> Funny roles, serious roles too. He does so well. So yeah, such a great actor. All right. So, uh, time to eat up the next question. What are your top five favorite game day foods?
1: So I put, uh, I love wings. I love pizza. Uh, you know, on game day, you can never go wrong with that. Uh, Saturday, the pizza hut commercials and Dr. Pepper commercials get me. So usually most Saturday for college football, I'm going to have pizza, pizza and a Dr. Pepper. Um, The next one would be chips and salsa or like uh, any cheese dips or any dips, really. I'm from the Midwest and we love dips. So like (laughs) any of those dips are going to be good with us. Um, And then pigs in a blanket. Who I love some pigs in a blanket
0: uh dr pepper is my favorite pop too so i I definitely got the appeal i would say pizza is one of my favorite things to have on game day because if you're alone okay you just don't eat it all you have leftovers but if you Mm -hmm. have people over it's also a great shareable food so i would usually probably put pizza at number one for game days apparently you're not the only one who i don't know if jamie watched it every day like you but he definitely had rush hour (laughs) on vhs
1: and just because he had to explain the
0: baseball game to us he has to explain this one too. vhs is is the format old people watch movies before dvds while we're playing our sega genesis
1: i got sega genesis right i'm happy about that yeah, I... again,
0: yeah you're aware <laughs> i would imagine bobby and I, I know i certainly i would imagine bobby you've also watched a, a vhs before
1: yes be c- be kind rewind you know i went to the video store and rent it out you know
0: i'm sure my parents always get us you have to rewind (laughs) yes (laughs) remember those times you get it it's not rewound how you feel ah shucks
1: (laughs) i remember hitting the when you're able to instead of you had to hold it you could just hit it and it would do the auto rewind all the way to the beginning and in that time you could go get your popcorn ready or go get a snack and you come back and then typically you still had to wait another 30 seconds but
0: then it'd be ready
1: for you to watch
0: the, the wonders of technology. Eventually, they're like, oh, we can just make DVDs. don't have to rewind at all. You can just play from wherever you want. Skip the scenes. Yep.
1: Change the game. The scene skipping. Like, man.
0: See, we're not cool enough in Canada <laughs> to have forbidden curtains at movie stores, Jamie, but no, I, I've never peeked behind the forbidden curtain at the movie store. But I guess I'm not the guest, so I think he's asking me.
1: <laughs> My... <laughs> Thank goodness my small town uh, movie store did not have one of those. Well, if they did, I didn't know. So uh, I have not. Um,
0: movie stores if, in Cleveland if, are just different than everywhere else. <laughs> yeah,
1: I believe that. You know, Deshaun's there now. You know, you never know. Uh,
0: <laughs> That's why you chose the city. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. And, uh, well, uh, we're going to get to the top five uh, Letterkenny characters. So I guess with the context there again was uh, – Bobby and I were in the Letterkenny division, so we both absolutely love the television series. I truly think it's one of the greatest comedy shows ever made. Probably I'd put it on a Mount Rushmore of comedy. It's that good, so uh, I, I absolutely love it. It's also, I live in Sudbury here where it's filmed, so close access is fun. I just moved, so I, I used to be able to walk to the corner store where the skids always dance, and it was just like a 10 minute walk from my house. Never saw them filming, but uh, yeah corner, so I'd commonly go to now it moved a little further away so yeah. probably a, a bit further away yeah that was, uh, i remember I showed that picture on our, our uh, Twitter chat i didn't seem to get a kick out of that so that's so I was, cool i don't know if everyone was dancing around strangely but uh, yeah. you
1: know yeah. rolled rolled is the inspiration
0: you know <laughs> i've always been a big fan of Connor to be honest just just, just yeah. the silent the big beard usually doing <laughs> something weird he's usually wearing a gas mask i can I, I can really <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah so who, who which who are those characters for you who are your top five favorite letter characters because it is quite a cast of characters
1: so and that's thinking about it i i went way too i feel like i went way too simple and i chose a lot of the main but uh you know my probably my favorite is jonesy and riley like those dudes are hilarious all the the <laughs> hockey scenes with them with shorzy Oh my goodness! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like those, they're probably my my favorite too. Um, but Squirrely Dan, you know he's he's up there. Uh, Katie, she she is so funny with the common sense she has compared to everyone else on the show. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, voice of the, reason for sure. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's the she's the cruder, more adult version of Lisa Simpson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot more crude. Um the the, the smoking weed version of Lisa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes yeah.
1: Um I I think Rold and uh McMurray are, are also hilarious. Like McMurray with the number one and the runner like cracks me up every time. Like and uh I mean my Wayne, like if you don't if you don't like the main dude, it's he he's just a the what Jared Keese has done with that show is just incredible and like you talk about putting on a mount rushmore like it's one of those shows I my little brother told me about I was like hey check this out it's dumb but it's funny and i was like i can handle that uh and so i started watching it and i'm like this might be the fast. like the wittiness is so quick in it you know you don't you don't see stuff like that on a tv show maybe on like Whose line is it anyway stuff like that but um, in a TV show, I I don't know anything that that rivals how quick witted that that show is, and like you really like, and and for me living in the states, it's even funnier to me because I don't understand half the stuff they're saying at times. So it's like just <laughs> funny words, and I'm like, oh my goodness, what are they even talking about? You know,
0: the okay, whole I world. even lose track sometimes. It's just <laughs> it, it, it sounds so cool, but but I will say like especially to Riley and Jones you brought mm-hmm. them up. That's how hockey players talk. Like, I've, I've heard enough of how, like, they communicate. Like, that is legit. And I know Jared Kiso has played hockey before. Uh, played, I think, Major Junior. So, which okay. is, I guess, the basis of, like, I don't know if you've seen Shorzy, but mm-hmm. why he wanted to do a hockey show so much is because he is such a huge hockey fan and huge sports fan. So, relate.
1: Yeah. Would that be, like, a minor league hockey division?
0: Uh, So it's major junior is like the 16 to 20 year olds. Okay. Uh, So I know like in the States, they don't really have anything equivalent. They've got the, they've got the national, I guess the States of the national uh, under 18 national development program. Yeah. And that's where like a lot of those 16 to 18 to 19 year olds will go and, and play their seasons out. But in Canada, we do have like three different leagues, WHL, which is everything like Winnipeg West. So I guess like that would be like, Wisconsin, I guess, essentially anything yeah. Wisconsin West, Ontario would be like Michigan, Pennsylvania, New York, and then Quebec, the Maritime provinces, so like New England. Yeah, that's but, yeah. Divide into three regions. Usually, I think about 20 teams per league. But yeah, I guess, and you know, for for from Canadian perspective, like you see the Canadian players draft in the NHL draft, most of them will come from that league unless they're you know, some of them just go to college, and they don't—they don't play major junior instead. Okay. So like, you'll you'll get some players drafted out of college, but usually a lot of the Canadian players are going to be. So it it's like a legit league, like it's yeah. That's yeah. So serious. so Kiso apparently pretty good hockey player, like not good enough to make it to the NHL, but yeah. still really good. And I get like even on Shorzy, like all the hockey scenes they're doing it themselves. So like yeah, I know he was really conscious of he wanted hockey players that were actors on the show, not actors who could play hockey. Like he really like most of those, like, have you seen Chorzy? Yeah. He wanted that, the authenticity of it. Mm-hmm. Like those four characters they brought in, like those are legit stories. The, the, I've got the book from one of them, Terry Ryan, the, the Newfoundland guy, uh, <laughs> former NHL player. And, and, uh, just, uh, I've read his story and it's, that's, that's a wild riding adventure. Um, <laughs> What is it? Uh, it's up there somewhere, but I think it's yeah. something like uh, my my uh, tales from a, a, a first round bust or something, uh, or tales from wow. a first round footnote in hockey or something. He, he makes fun of himself on yeah. it. Yeah, uh, you know, he's a yeah super fun guy, but yeah, actor now by trade, and I guess that was the thing. the The, the defenseman who's a musician in in Montreal—that's mm-hmm. legit story. Like he played major junior and decided to become a musician. So like you know, that authentic. <laughs> authenticity like you said it's it's definitely there. I never knew that but obviously like again hockey's a big important part of Canada certainly was the case for Kiso and it certainly permeates through Letterkenny and that but, uh, yeah just just the way he writes I agree it, it's it's so incredible I, I've been waiting for a show to be written like that my whole life
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, we'll get to that in a second but uh, last year I did have a few members of the Letterkenny division on special episode of press coverage i think we were either during the draft or just after the draft mm-hmm. uh and uh yeah so I, and one thing i asked everyone what was their favorite letter kenny moment so i figured i'd give you that opportunity you weren't able to make the show last year but you got your whole special episode here so uh what is your i know and it's tough to choose from because it is such a great show but uh what is your favorite letter kenny moment
1: see i i and i ended up writing like
0: five like i, oh, I okay went back. sure yeah we can do another top five it's it's a it's a higher five yeah it
1: was it was too difficult because
0: they uh
1: To me, uh, the to be fair moments, you know, the to be fair, (laughs) all those, um, always perfectly timed to, to hit the right, um, the episode with, uh, the, uh, who was it? Daryl's, Daryl's girlfriend had, uh, spicy pictures and, uh, ended up getting passed around town and everybody saying, (laughs) you. me and my brother did that for like a month after that, (laughs) uh, And, uh, the, probably the first chirp moment between the hockey, the hockey guy, Jonesy and, uh, Riley and, uh, Wayne, when they roll up and they go shirtless and, uh, (laughs) the treasure trails and all that. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Um, and then them teaching the the hockey team how to chirp in the locker room and they're just, they're not good at it. Like (laughs) they just all say you suck. Um. The super soft birthday party for Daryl. Um, probably our most popular used uh, GIF or GIF um, in, our, in our letter, Kenny Chat. Uh, we saw that a lot.
0: That's true. Yes, we did. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then uh, going back and watching, I, I watched a YouTube video on like the top 20 funniest moments to help in the can a baby be smart when Wayne is trying to figure that out. And he's he's sitting there pretending to be a baby, and he's oh, yeah. pounding the table, and uh, one of the funniest moments.
0: Uh, apparently, Jamie hasn't got past episode three out of Letterkenny, uh, and honestly, it, it's like some shows—the first season isn't so great. I wouldn't say that for Letterkenny. Like, I think the first season's pretty great. Like, again, yeah. like it seemed like he knew exactly how he wanted it to be written from the get-go. Uh, big fan of Trailer Park Boys, though. And that's, I guess, the more Eastern version. They're, they're, like, they're really on the East Coast maritime time this yeah. uh, But, yeah, it's uh, two Canadian shows about sort of just the small town Canada. Um, but just my point of why I like how the show's written so much. My two favorite moments are the really almost every season's cold opening. Every season premieres first scene before the bow, 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 the, the theme song comes on those cold opens are just so funny and comedy shows cold opens are so key because like, okay, it doesn't have to worry about plot, but how do we make people laugh? Right? So you're usually in most comedy shows, some get some of their funniest materials right on those cold. Opens. Yep. But the season two and season three cold opens where season two, it's uh, the fight that happens at the end of season one, spoiler cliffhanger <laughs> uh, season two premiere, it's Wayne and Daryl alliterating the entire alphabet to describe the fight. So using just words with A and then B and then C. That, I mean, my, my favorite expression I've ever come up with is alliterations are awesome. And it's true. And then to, to just do that through the whole alphabet was okay. Like I said, I've been waiting for that in comedy my entire life. So I'm gonna do something yep. like that. So that's why that, that show just hits with me and permeates. And the fact that it's Canadian, the fact that it's filmed right here in the city I live in is just so close to home that yeah, it's South Park, Monty Python's Flying Circus. Yep. That like it's up there with those two in terms of like the greatest comedy shows we've we've ever seen. Gosh, those I've are good seen. ones. Those are good. I
1: and I, I watch Trailer Park Boys and I feel like it like it, it kind of rivals it and but in such a better way. Like it is such a quicker paced story and like action as far as like the comedy or Trailer Park you kinda had to push through and you know you get those odd moments with bubbles and whatnot but uh if he liked trailer park boys i think he'd
0: love letter kenny well and i guess it's trailer park boys in a sense is almost ahead of its time with that reality tv show feel to a, yep. a scripted show and like the office and parks and rec have become so popular on that but really like that's how trailer park boys is done and it's not quite filmed the same way with letter kenny not giving that reality yes. show feel we did have the reality show, the one season, <laughs> Crack and Egg. That was.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I guess we didn't give too much advice like they do on Crack and Egg. But hopefully, we entertained people and, and gave a lot of good information. So, Bobby, really appreciate uh, you coming on on the show. I guess. Uh, was there anything? Thank. You. Sorry. Uh... Oh, getting a bit of technical difficulties yeah, i guess yeah, this is yeah. right at the end of the show yep yeah, yeah. They, okay i think you're good now you can go ahead
1: okay uh yeah.
0: yeah your audio is cut out completely now so uh i guess uh i'll i'll uh drive through this if we can't get you reconnected that's fine because uh you again it's great that it's been right at the end of the episode but uh appreciate bobby appreciate everyone in the chat i know jamie was here uh gerson was here uh everyone for listening watching uh, again uh, subscribe to the youtube channel going for two live and uh, yeah, we get great content coming out every day of the week i think speak on it and the, uh, Jamie can correct on this if the fantasy cheat sheets on tomorrow. You know, he co-hosts that. Uh, I'll the Armchair Show on Wednesday. Like I mentioned, I'll be on uh, the Dynasty Gambit on Thursday, and then uh, we've got uh, some of our PLPs, uh, Personal League Podcasts. I guess we can plug that before the end of the episode uh, for for 2024 because we've already booked solid for Personal League Podcasts throughout August. So we'll be uh, <laughs> we'll be getting quickly getting to a bunch of those episodes in the next couple of weeks, and also the Going for Two Discord, a great source for all sorts of discussions and. uh, Great place to hang out, uh, and yeah. Uh, so thank you, Bobby, on Twitter at Bobby J all day. I'm Kyle Senra at Senra says. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, appreciate uh, you coming on, Bobby specifically. Really uh, appreciate having you here. All right, and uh, again, I'm Kyle Senra. This was another episode of Press Coverage. Bye for now.